We continue our sermon series based on our small group Bible study being challenged, today seeking solitude. If you're like me, you enjoy fine Italian and great Mexican restaurants, but there's a great temptation. In the Peoria area, there's a a chain of modest, decently priced, good Italian restaurants known as Avani's. If you're ever in the Peoria area, stop there. It's rather inexpensive, rather good Italian food, but the problem is that before they bring out the main dish, they always bring out these baskets filled with these little loaves of sweet Italian bread. And and each slice is about two inches, okay? There's about five slices in a loaf. They bring out like six or seven of those, all with butter. And the problem is that even before the main dish gets there, we're already filled with what? Have you ever been there? Do you know what I mean? And even great Mexican restaurants, are you into chips and salsa? By the time your plate comes, it's like, oh man, I've already eaten enough. So often we fill our lives with distractions. We fill our lives with distractions. Hang on here. I want to see the point spread for today's Ohio State-Illinois game. Do you guys know? Hang on. Okay, wait. Never mind. But if you've ever done there, you ever gone to a restaurant, you've eaten so much um, that you're distracted and you really can't enjoy the meal that you're spending, I don't know, $14, $15, $18 for it. Hang on. Did you guys get your $1,400 stimulus yet from the government? You know what I'm talking about? I'm not sure if I got that. Let me check that out. And so sometimes our lives are like that. Our lives are like going to a Mexican restaurant. They're like going to an Italian restaurant or even Texas Roadhouse. You know, they have that really sweet butter. And they have peanuts. You know what I'm talking about? They bring out the bread there. Well, hold on a second. I want to see how many steps I have to go, 10,000 steps on my Fitbit. Okay? Just kidding. But our lives get filled with distractions and we get pulled away. We all have a lot of distractions in our life, correct? Um, My life isn't Little House on the Prairie, and neither is yours. My life and your life is probably Little House on the Freeway because we rush around and do so much, and we have so many things going on with our lives. Our lives are filled with distractions with what's really important and what's really not important because there's always so much going on in our lives. Um, however, and a theme for this uh, small group Bible study in the sermon series is Jesus says, in spite of all our rush around and in spite of all our distractions, in spite of our hassles and headaches, he says this. Can you read it with me? Take my yoke from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So Jesus says in spite of that, he says, come to me, my yoke is light and easy, and I'll give you rest and I will give you a place where you can be renewed and refreshed in my presence, in my word, and in my blessing. So our sermon series, you know, commit to community, study scripture, last week prioritize prayer, and this week seeking solitude. Seeking solitude. Solitude is something that's very foreign to us in the United States of America, and yes, even to a place that some might consider remote as Defiance, Ohio, because all our life is spent rushing and doing things. As a matter of fact, we can't keep up with the rat race, excuse the expression. Um, even at times of the year, like in Lent, that's supposed to be a slow down time of year, we're all rushing around. I mean, how many of you have uh, begun doing yard work or fertilized your yard or maybe even began your garden, right? Or cleaned your house or swept out your cars? I mean, there's just so much going on. Solitude is very foreign to us. Because it's sort of like the attitude, well, I get all the rest I need when I'm dead, so I better live life to the full now. And even during Advent, I'm going back a few months, there is no crazier month on our schedule than December. 
Even though Advent, just like Lent, is a time of preparation for our heart and a time to be still and let God uh, swarm us with his love, we're always rushing around and very busy. Solitude is very foreign to us in our rush-around world, and we figure, and we believe, if we don't have lots going on, and if we don't have our kids in all sorts of activities, and we're not rushing here and there for this sporting event and doing that, then we're just not living life to the full. Have you been distracted since the beginning of the sermon or the service? Have you thought about something else? Have you thought about lunch, what you're going to do today? you thought about today's game? Have you thought about what you're going to do this week? Has your mind even been distracted since the beginning of the sermon? It's okay. Now, the Gospel of Mark, along with this theme, the go- Mark, Mark is, a, is a writer of the Gospel who gets to the point. He's, it's a Gospel of action. So within the first 35 verses of Mark, we hear about Jesus' birth. Jesus calls his disciples. He's tempted in the wilderness. He teaches in a synagogue. And that's even before we get to verse 35. Jesus uh, filled his life full of good things. But even though Jesus was extremely busy like us, he still found time for this. So read these words with me. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Jesus still took time to be in solitude with God in spite of Mark's talking about all the things Jesus was doing, in spite of Jesus' extremely busy life. And by the way, he was only saving the world. There's a t-shirt, and there's a t-shirt that's pretty cool, and it has all the Marvel comic stars on it. And they're all looking at Jesus, and Jesus is saying, well, let me tell you about how I really saved the world, not you and your comic strips. Have you ever seen that? That's pretty cool. Even though Jesus is saving the world, he still finds time to be one-on-one with his Father to find solitude there. Thirty-nine times in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus sought time with his Father. A time for prayer, a time for reflection, a time for God to fill with grace, a time for him to be focused with our Lord. So we are called to follow Jesus in being solitude with our Father. Now, I don't want anyone here to understand solid, misunderstand solitude. Solitude is not being alone, but being with God. A solitude isn't, I need some downtime. Uh, do you ever say that to your family? You come home from a busy day. I just need some what? Downtime. Give me some, some time to clear my mind. That, that's, not, that's not solitude. Solitude in this sense isn't being alone, but it's being with God. God refresh me. God bless me. God be near me. Now, Luther makes some statements about this, about solitude and the importance of it. Luther said, I got so much work to do today, I better spend two hours in prayer instead of what? One. I better pray to God for two hours because my life is so hectic. I need that time with God. I need God to to be with me. Now, it's going to sound like a play on words, but Luther also says this, and he's now talking about free time or time when my mind's clear. So Luther would say this, and he uses solitude in a different word, different way. Solitude produces melancholy when we are alone. The worst and saddest things come to mind reflect in details upon all sorts of evil. Now, here he uses solitude in a different way. What Luther is getting at is that we're not talking about downtime. Because when I clear my mind, sinful things enter my mind. When I clear my mind, I get angry at what people have done to me in the past. When I clear my mind, temptations come into my mind. When I clear my mind, I think about selfish things that I can do for myself. This is what Luther means by solitude, that alone time. In this sense, 
This is, this is what happens when we clear our mind. Now, our, what, what Luther's getting at is for having God to come near us. Come near to God and he'll come near to you. Come near to God, he'll come near to you. That time with God one-on-one. Better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. It's better for me to be with God in his courts and sometimes here in his house because there's a unique blessing here. There's people who believe in Jesus like us. There are people who love us and care for us. There is a bond here. There's a blessing of being God's word. Better to be here than thousand places elsewhere. That is that type of... Uh, intimacy with God that, that we're getting at in the message today. Um, however, solitude, once again, is not being clear, clearing our mind, but filling our minds with God. Filling our minds with God. Not being clearing our mind. That's what it was Luther is getting at. Um, I want to talk about this device right now, okay? Um, someone said, someone said they, they went went someplace in a, in a previous sermon and said they went into a place and they noticed there's like a family and they're all looking down at this and I won't say what they're looking down at they're looking down at their what their phones uh, there's a cartoon about heaven and in heaven the recent people who came to heaven the past five ten years uh, they're all looking down and so Saint Peter asked the angels I just don't get these new people in heaven they spend all their days like this what's going on well somebody told Saint Peter and angels that on earth they all had what so that's what they do in heaven. They just walk around looking down because that's what they're used to doing. I want to talk about this, um, our phone addiction. Uh, there, there's a book called Screenagers, and it's just not for teenagers. There, there, there's a book about how much we're addicted to screens, and I'm guilty too. Uh, just, just, not, just not our smartphone, but our laptop, the TV, and other things. And sometimes you wonder why people have have a hard time focusing when someone speaks to them in an intelligent way if someone's not entertaining them with mega messages or mega images. So here's some phone research to think about from a Syrian. One can't go 10 minutes without what? Yeah, well, thank you. I've been looking at you. I haven't seen anyone look at their phone, but I've seen it happen before. You ever been texted while you're in church? Don't admit that. That's okay. 10 minutes without checking their phone. Some more research. The average person is 80 times a day on the phone. Now, some of you, a little older, can remember this. When I was a kid, we had one, one phone. It was attached in the kitchen, and it was dial, right? Okay, you had to go back and forth and wait for that. And that's all, that's all you had, and that was from a whole family. Just, and it wasn't an issue until all my siblings and I became teenagers, and the phone rang a lot. But that's all we had when I was a kid. 150 times a day, people check their phones. I, I'm somewhat guilty, too. Don't have to admit to this, 75% use their cell phone on a restroom break. Enough said, okay? Not surprisingly, ADHD has doubled in the last 20 years. I wonder why. Can't keep my mind, I can't focus on anything. And finally, how many notifications do you get daily? All right? I talked to someone this previous week who said one day they had 300 emails in their box due to work and other things. How, do you, how does a person deal with that? I'm not, I'm not complaining about the person. But how much we look at the screen and how distracting that is from life. Um, I think I told you last week, there are seven ways people get a hold of me. They come in my office, they call me on the church phone landline, they call me on my cell phone, they text, they email, they Facebook me, or they Facebook chat me. Right? Our lives are very complicated with this. A lot of distractions. Um, solitude. Notice we talk about time with God. Not meditation. 
God did not create you to clear your mind, but for you to be a creative, mindful person and fill mind with right things. St. Paul says this, whatever is true, whatever is trustworthy, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is holy, focus on these things. He doesn't call us to clear our mind, but that our mind is focused on the right things. That we're with God, God's with us. Once again, we clear our mind, evil comes in. Clear minds get filled with a lot of things. Be still and know I'm God. Not be still and sit there empty-minded. Be still and know that what? I am God. Fill our minds with those wonderful blessings. Fill our minds with that. And I know what many of us are saying. Well, we don't have time for solitude. But solitude won't make us less productive than make us more productive. Jesus is the most productive person ever. Why? Well, of course he's God. But he was busy saving the world. But he's the most productive person. Why? Because he spent a lot of time one-on-one with his Heavenly Father. He's a very focused person. Solitude brings focus in a loud, distracting world. Focus brings productivity. Focus brings productivity. So let's get this straight. One-on-one time with God gives us focus. Focus, I mean, it brings us focus, and focus brings us productivity. Somebody asked Abraham Lincoln, and I know about Abraham Lincoln because I lived in his congressional district in central Illinois, and Abraham Lincoln was known as a rail splitter. Matter of fact, there's a local high school called Lincoln High School, and their nickname were the rail splitters, the Lincoln rail splitters. And somebody asked Abraham Lincoln how long it take for him to chop down a tree, a big tree. And Abraham Lincoln, strong, sturdy guy, about 6'4", he said it'd take about six hours. Someone said, oh, really? He said, yeah, but the first hour I'd spend sharpening my axe. Okay? Solitude brings focus. Focus brings productivity. I'd sharpen my axe the first hour. Solitude with God brings us focus, and focus brings us productivity. What happens when we're not focused? What happens when there's not that time with God? Well, distraction means being pulled away. A distraction, a loss of traction. Now, Career Builder uh, did studies on distraction in the workplace. 75% of employers say one or two hours a day is lost on distractions. So if a person works eight hours a day, 25% of that time is wasted. Now, if you're an employer, that's not good. Look how much money is being lost. Employees said something different. Employees said three to four hours a day are lost on what? Distractions. Not focused. Imagine that, 43%. Now, Martin Luther chimes in, and this is his comment on the Seventh Commandment, which is, you shall not steal. The greatest theft is not that which is under box and key. So Luther says, ready for this? The greatest theft in America and the world isn't a pickpocket or someone steals something concrete. Luther says the greatest, the greatest thief in the world is a person who goes to work and doesn't what? Yeah, I go to, a person goes to work and they don't work. That's the greatest theft all time. I go to work, how many billions of dollars get lost by people who go to work and don't perform? There's no focus with God. Uh, there's no time with God. There's no focus. And there's a loss of productivity. So friends in Christ, solitude with God brings focus. Focus brings productivity that we might bear fruit. It's beautiful how this goes. By God's grace, by God's word and sacrament, his blessing, his death is brought to us. We are connected to God and ultimately bear fruit. 
John says it eloquently. Can you read it with me? Remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Once again, connected, focus, productivity. We're focused, productivity, in being godly parents, godly grandparents, godly citizens, godly students, loving one another, working diligently, being productive for God's kingdom by his grace, by his death, by his resurrection. So how about this for a closing thought? Notice nothing's up there. Why? I ask that you bow your heads and fold your hands. And how about if everyone here spends a minute in solitude with God? And all God's people say...